Hey, listeners, you're here with Nancy Rommelman. I have a special guest today and something a little out of a uh, little far afield of what we're usually talking about. I am here with Robin Whitecloud, who is running for a Muscogee Creek Nation National Council representative in Okmulgee District CA. Welcome, Robin. Welcome. Thank you for having me on your show today. Of course. Now, it might seem, you know, I, I talk usually a lot about Portland. I talk about media. It's like, huh, why Why is Nancy talking to this woman from Okmulgee? Well, Robin happens to be sort of a relation, I guess, kind of by blood. You're related to my daughter. What, yeah. what, what, what's the, what's the linear, how, how, what's the connection here, Robin? So your daughter, Dava, is um, my cousin. Mm-hmm. Close cousin, close That's relative. Right. Her father, Tim Sampson, is my mother's. Um, my mother and and Tim are first cousins, and so not just my mom are second cousins. Right, but not just first cousins. Like they really grew up together. Like um, yeah. kind of all they were all born in the 1950s and 60s. A whole bunch of kids, and for various times in their life, and I think probably when they were little, a lot of the time they lived with grandma, which is their, their grandmother. The parents were around, but you know, their grandma was sort of ruling the roost then. And I think there were about 11 of them in, in Tim's telling. And so even though they were first cousins, kind of almost like brother and sister, I think in That's a way, yes. in a way too. That's correct. Um, so um, Robin, are you right in Okmulgee? I actually, I live in Okmulgee County. Um, I live in the country. I live in the Twin Hills District, which is between Beggs and Muskogee, Oklahoma. Okay. Mostly Preston, where we grew up. Right. on Which is now called Will Sampson Road. After, yes. Yep. Which after your, who I guess would be your great uncle. Great uncle, right. And my daughter's grandfather. Um, it wasn't when I first met. So ha- what I first went to Okmulgee in 1986 or seven. How old would you would have been then? I was a senior in 1987. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember, well, it was actually the second time I went back, it was in 1989. And I remember getting out of the car. Of course, we've been driving from California. It's hot. We got TJ, we got Taba, who's nine months old. And mm-hmm. all the kids ran around the car. And the first kid that came up to me was Jed. And he comes up to me and he goes, I got a tick on my head. I was like, okay. I wasn't even out of the car yet. I was like picking a tick out of his head. But um, I do remember you being older than a lot of the, a lot of the little ones at that point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so before we just talk gossip about family, tell me, first, I do have a question, which I don't know the answer to, and I should. Yeah. When did, when did Okmulgee, when did the Creeks get a reservation? Um. Well, are you talking about recently through the Supreme yes. Court? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because, yes. Yes. Don't, you're going to hear that noise every once in a while. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's just, um, you know, it's in the air. Um, yeah. When, because when, when Timmy grew up uh, there, and as far as I knew, there was really no res. I mean, not that he knew of or talked about. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden my daughter's there working on reservation dogs and talking about the, well, like the Creek reservation. I'm like, there's a, there's a reservation. So when did this sort of happen recently or properly? So there was a, a McGirt, it's called the McGirt issue or the McGirt, the McGirt case. Um, and it's about Jim C. McGirt. He was in prison and his lawyers filed a federal case where um, they were saying that 
you know, the state of Oklahoma could not prosecute criminals because we were a reservation. And so it went all the way to the Supreme Court and the ruling got handed down in 2020, I believe. Okay. I believe it was in July 2020 when the ruling came back and said that the Supreme Court said that um, the Muscogee Creek Nation was never disestablished as a reservation. And oh. so that's when things began to change. So it had been established back in like 1850s, 1870s. It had been, and then just sort of like faded into the background or, or something. Right, right. Um, I guess the treaties were never acknowledged or something for many, many years. And so um, with that ruling, you know, we that's a, a win for our sovereignty. Yeah. Can you tell me, if anything, what changed after that ruling? What can you say that changed um, on the res now? What, what, what changes did you see? Well, first of all, the criminal, um, so now if the, um, we're trying to cross deputize with the different counties that are here in, in the Muskogee reservation. Um, so, because when natives get stopped or something for anything, the state does not have the jurisdiction now to prosecute. So it has to go to the federal government to do that. So that's changed. Um, so I think as a result, a lot of our courts are backed up now because quite clearly we weren't uh, ready for that impact. Uh, we don't have our own jails, things like that. So we have to work with the uh, local communities to um, help us out. And, you know, in those areas, we need holding spaces for our um, citizens that, that may have to be you know, jailed for a brief time or what, but all the cases are supposed to be handled in tribal court now versus state. So. And did you, was there already tribal courts set up or is that also having a rollout? We have had tribal courts for many years, okay. um, but we just weren't prepared to handle the, the huge cases that came with this also in question. And there's still, it's still ongoing. There's still a lot that, um, is going to come from this because as far as taxation, you know, there's the question of do native Creek nation citizens, should we be paying income tax? Should we be paying sales tax, local taxes like that, since we are a reservation. So um, that's a fight with the state of Oklahoma. And there's another case ongoing with about income taxes. And, um, but, but the state of Oklahoma is not acknowledging any of that. And so it's going to be a fight, but um, that's something that we, as the Muscogee Creek Nation, have to stand our ground on and not give up any of our sovereignty and push back on the state of Oklahoma because we are a reservation and we do have the right to govern ourselves. And I think that, um, I don't think personally that we should be having to pay income taxes. I, I'm not going to argue with you there. Have, do you have a tribal police force or do you have one? Did you have one or do you have one now? Yes, we do. They're called the Light Horsemen. That's right. So they've been around for a while, though, haven't they? Yes, they have. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that are trying to, um, a lot of the counties and a lot of the towns are working with us. You know, we have to have cooperation from our uh, communities that we reside in. Um, but some of them are not so friendly and some of them don't want to cross deputize. And they, if you call them, they say, they tell you to call the light horsemen. Mm -hmm. They won't at all. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the, uh, 
percentage of of natives on the uh, on the creek res now? Fifty percent, thirty percent, sixty. Um, you know, I don't know. I've never. Okay. I know when uh, Timmy was growing up there, at least in his telling, it was, you know, sure, very native, right? I mean, Oklahoma is very native states, tons of tribes right. in Oklahoma. Um, but he said it was really, I was going to say Telesti Chidati and Stahutki, but I guess that's not going to read with our with our listeners. Um, he said it was very, very mixed between black and white and native. He, he, he said it was all mixed up and sort of together. And I wonder if that was still the case or if you've seen now that it's a, it's more reservation land, if you've seen people are like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go back there for creeks and say, I'm going to live, I want to live here now because I feel like it's a little more solid, my, my homeland. I think it's um, pretty much still a mix. We still have a lot of diversity. Um, You know, you have the Wall Street um, things that go on in Tulsa. So we have we've had a lot of people move into the Tulsa area because they think it's a a good place to live and a good place to have their businesses. So I think we're still pretty diverse in Mm -hmm. that area. All right. So, um, a little bit about you, uh, you are, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, well, I was born and raised here. I've lived, um, all but about five years of my life in Okmulgee County. Um, I'm of course from Preston. I graduated from Preston, Oklahoma. Woo. (laughs) Um, so I'm I've been around Creek Nation my whole life and so I've worked there at the tribe for about 19 years total Um, I actually worked for the um, Muskogee Creek Nation National Council as their finance officer for about eight years so um, that's one of the reasons why I'm running is because I am familiar I'm a vested citizen you know I'm from here I've been here my whole life I didn't just show up two or three years ago and want to run for office. I just want, I want to help our people. Um, there's some that fall in between the gaps of our programs and services. Of course, we have at-large citizens that don't get a lot of help. So these are areas that I want to look into and hopefully provide some positive changes. Um, we've, we've come a long way as a, as a tribal nation, but there's always room for improvement. There's always things that we can do better. And so I just want to build upon the good things that have happened and um, make some positive changes for the Muskogee. When you say at large, do you mean like living in California or living in New York? Is that what Our, you mean by at large? Uh, yeah. state citizens, yes. Yeah, it, it's funny because during COVID, because my daughter, who's half Creek, um, mm-hmm. got, a, got a little check from Muskogee Nation during COVID. She's like, mom, I got, I was like, wow, amazing. Like she didn't even, she didn't apply for anything, just sort of came because she's enrolled. I I will have to say uh, your mom and her sisters. So when Tava was born, she was born in Los Angeles. And um, I mean, those Powell girls immediately, they're like, we're going down. We're getting a card. We're getting on the rolls. Like, what did I know about it? I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know anything. But they were the ones that actually put that in motion. Right. Sure. One of the Powell girls did, right. either your mom or your aunties. Um, and um, that's great. I mean, it's been helpful to Tabby when she first moved to New York because mm-hmm. she had her um, CDIB card and she could try to go get some, but she didn't have health insurance yet. She was 20 and, you know, trying to, New York City is a disaster trying to find health insurance. And that was kind of helpful. Um, the tribe was also a little bit helpful. She was in art school for a little while. They sent her a small amount of money to help pay for that. So, the tribe has been helpful to her as an at-large citizen. As a, but um, I wonder when you say you want to make changes, what can the tribe be doing better for its citizens? Well, 
areas of healthcare, housing, um, education. And I realize college isn't for everyone, but we're going to have a shortfall in the technical trades. Um, we're going to be short of plumbers, construction workers, um, electricians. And, and I know this firsthand because my husband works in construction. And he says when the people our age, when they retire or whatnot, there's going to be a shortage. And so, you know, we need to get our children interested if that's what they want to do, you know, help them go to those types of, learn those types of trades. And because you can make a good living at that also, you don't have to have a degree um, to have a successful career. Um, housing, we have some of our um, grandparents that are raising their grandchildren. They can't get elderly housing because you're not allowed to um, have anyone live with you. What do you mean a- when you say elderly housing? What does that mean? Is it HUD? Is it Creek houses? What is it? What it's, does that mean? It's Creek Nation housing, but they get a lot of their um, federal funds from HUD and from Nahasda. So they have, you know, you have to follow some of their guidelines. So these are areas we need to look into. And maybe because when we have, when we spend our tribal monies, we are able to make our own requirements and our own rules and things like that. So um, these are just areas that I want to look into. And of course, you know, we'll have to work with the other national council members and the chief's office um, to bring about some of these changes. But they're definitely things that we need to look into. They're the things that I'm hearing from the citizens when I talk to them. And um, that's a great need because we have grandparents that do raise their grandchildren and we started out. Yeah. yeah. We started out talking about that. I mean, this is, this is, it's, it's very common. Um, Hmm. I mean, it's common probably in a lot of places, but I saw it as being very common back in, in Okmulgee with with your Mm -hmm. family. When where does, where does tribe um, get its funds from? How does, how does Creek nation get funds? Um, Of course, like I said, we have, we have federal programs, um, from USDA, um, housing HUD, and, um, there's just different programs out there like the, uh, seniors, they have what's called, I think, um, national council of aging or something like that. They get federal funds from there. Um, there's a whole lot of, I really don't know what the amount is. I haven't looked at a, uh, our comprehensive annual budget in several years. I used to work at the national council and I would see that every year. But I haven't been there in about five years, so I don't really know the total amount of our federal funding. Um, but we get federal funds, and then our tribe most of our tribal funds come from gaming. So you do have a pretty nice casino there. Uh, I so I was back there with uh, Tavi. She was wrapping up the season of Reservation Dogs. I want to talk a little bit about that. And that big big storm came through. Tulsa, oh, yeah. where, you know, where we were, at least she was in Tulsa, everything was completely knocked down. I mean, thousands of trees and uh, I've got video of it. I'll put it in the show notes here. And we also had no electricity for five days. And she said, I know what we'll do. We'll go stay at the casino. <laughs> and we drove to that casino and boy, was it swank and they had no rooms <laughs> because everybody else thought the same thing that we did. We had no way to get in, but it was really I mean, I'd been to a Creek casino before, like quite a while ago, went and played Mm -hmm. like bingo or something. Mm -hmm. This was like Las Vegas level casino. Mm -hmm. That was really, really swank. So is this, I know that 
you know, to some extent, uh, gaming can be, you know, a double-edged sword maybe, but what's the impact that you've seen on gaming, gaming in, uh, in Creek Nation? Oh, it's huge. We started out with bingo and, um, so now we've come a long way, you know, and it, it, we have, I think we have like nine casinos total. Uh, the biggest ones are Tulsa and Outmoggie and I think Muskogee. And then uh, some of our smaller communities, they have, they have bingos also. Um, it's huge. And that's where we get a lot of our money. I think, I don't, I don't remember the percentage. It's either 40 40 or 42% comes back to the tribe. And so that's what they use to allocate to the different programs to provide services for our citizens. It's also employment. Yes. I would think. I mean, yes. it's jobs. You're creating jobs, which is which mm-hmm. is what is needed. So, and I wanted to go back just one second. When you talk about t- teaching people a trades, which I really agree with, and I can say that because I just did a little bit of a house renovation. I could not get guys to put in, I needed a sliding door put in. I couldn't get them. It took months. And it was expensive because they're so in demand. They're just mm-hmm. like incredibly in demand. Mm-hmm. Um, is is there t- like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to help people? get? A, are you going to build a trade school? Or are you going to make sure that they have money to go to local trade schools? Do you have a an idea of how that might work? Um, we have the College of Muskogee Nation here in Otmogee. And I'm not sure what all they offer, but I know that there are uh, trade schools in other, like in Shawnee, um, the second foxes, they have right. uh, trade schools and, you know, it's just inner tribal cooperation, um, work with other tribes and maybe try to, um, send them to the schools that they have or that they provide, but just getting them, um, the funding that they might need to go to these schools or what have you, transportation, things like that. Um, it's all research. I'd have to research and, and work with the different um, like our college, I'd start there and see what ideas they have. They're doing good things at the College of Muskogee Nation um, as far as language and different things like that. So it's pretty exciting. Um, I, I would like to visit with Dr. Randall about that and see. So it's just collabor- collaboration, you know, with a lot of different folks to try and make something happen. Who's Dr. Randall? Dr. Randall is the president of the College of Muskogee Nation. Great. Um, so when when Tim was born in 1956, and sadly, as we know, he passed in uh, 2019, when he left, uh, he left right when he was going to maybe go off to junior college. So he was about 18, 19, went off with his dad. They started making films. At that time, um, according to Tim, and I think it's so, uh, a lot of people weren't leaving. A lot of people that were raised in, you know, Okmulgee or Preston, like, they didn't go too far. Maybe they went to Tulsa, maybe OKC, but, you know, mostly they kind of stayed. Are you finding that now, too, with young people? Are they staying or are they kind of like going, like uh, saying, you know what, I'm going to go make my name in, you know, New York or Los Angeles? Yeah. Or is it about the same, do you think? Um, I don't know, really. Um, But we have... Muskogee citizens all over. We we have them in Dallas, um, New Mexico, uh, California. There's sure. uh, some point they have an association there in California that they meet and for the Muskogee citizens there. Um, so I'm not so sure if it's um, young people or not, but that they are. I wonder if there's more, you know, if there's more opportunity now. I mean, one reason you leave 
where you grew up is because there's not a lot of opportunity. You know, there's not a lot of jobs or, you know, it's not to your liking or you, you want something more. And it sounds like, and I, I've actually seen it because I've seen, you know, Okmogee since the eighties, it's mm-hmm. changed. I mean, it's still, you know, it's not New York city, but it's certainly a little more thriving than it was. And Tulsa, I mean, Tulsa's popping. Tulsa is a very, I love Tulsa. It's, it's very interesting. It's, got a lot of interesting arts going on and one thing that we both know about is the tv show reservation dogs uh which my daughter has been the set decorator on the creator is a creek or park park creek sterling harjo very common creek last name harjo and um he you can tell me what changes if any have you seen in the community whether it's physical or just sort of emotional to reservation dogs, um, sort of really making a pretty big splash. Oh, it's huge. Um, I myself, I when I first watched season one, I was just, I would just sit here and laugh. I was just like, it's so funny to see the way we grew up on the screen, you know? And I'm like, my husband's non native, and I'd just be sitting over here cracking up, and he's just looking at me like, <laughs> He's laughing, but he's just looking at me, you know, but I just, I think it's great. I mean, everything on there, the dear lady, the all kinds of stuff on there. I was just like, oh, wow. I cannot believe it. But and it's impacted a lot of different people, not just Creek people. Um, a lot of people that live here are, were excited about it, you know, and um I just, I think it has a huge impact. I'm sad that this is the last season. I know. I, Tabi had said to me, because since, you know, she's a set decorator and she's a Creek girl, even though she didn't grow up there, she was mm-hmm. very warmly embraced when, when she got back, especially by her aunties and, and, you know, she'd have to go get things for these houses. I mean, people who haven't seen the show, you, you have to watch the show and people have heard me talk about it. I'm, I'm just a hugest fan. And, um, she really wanted it to look authentic. Like she wanted it to look like grandma's house or she wanted it to look like Rusty's house or something. Right. And so what do you do? You don't go, you know, as she said, she's like, mom, it's not like New York city or LA where you go to a prop house and you pick out your blankets and your candles. It's like, you got to go get the stuff. So she would like go to people's houses and she's like, can I use your quilt? And they'd be like, yes, take the quilt. Don't worry. And she said, people were so happy to be part of this. And I think a big part of it is because, and again, I am not Creek, but been around Creek people for a long time. It was so real. It Mm. was so like, I could smell it. I could like, just everything rang true. There was no hollow, like that would never be like that. Or they'd never do that. It was like, that's exactly how it is. Right. and, And I, she said, she feels like it's given people not just Greek people, but just in, you know, Okmoli in general, just like a real sense of like pride and fulfillment and joy. She's mm-hmm. seen it as very joyful for, yeah. for people. Yes, I agree. How does the family feel about it? Do you guys ever talk about it? Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if my mom's even seen all of the episodes because she doesn't have the TV half the time to see it but they show it every week at the circle cinema like for free and I've only gone a couple of times but I watch it at home um and I just I don't know I just love it my husband loves it and even our stepdaughter she she would call and go are you watching this episode she goes oh I'm just bawling my face off you know (laughs) oh 
and because there was some deep stuff in there in the second oh. season. And um, there's some, you know, uh, there is some deep stuff for sure. And I'm, I'm assuming you saw the the se- the episode with Tava in it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was um. I I watched. She, she wasn't here. I was here in my apartment with um her dear dear friend who's sort of like her adopted brother, and so he's my son. And we were watching, and he was here with his girlfriend. I was I was crying so hard that I it, I just was wordless uh, because of I'm gonna get all like choked up now because the truth of it. It's, it's hard to explain. And, you know, I, I've tried to tell people just like, watch it. I don't know if they'll get the same thing that I got or you got. We can get different things from it, but mm-hmm. it was profound. And I, I have to say, you know, Sterling, who, yeah, this is the, he's the creator of the show, the co-creator of the show. The man can do anything. I don't know if you've seen his other work. His, his, mm-hmm. He's got a, a film called Miko, which mm-hmm. is, have you seen that? I've seen Miko and I think this could be the last time. I haven't seen that. And then he's got this, have you ever seen this, uh, I think it's called the, the 1491s, this like comedy. Troupe. Oh, no. Oh, Robin, I got, I, I'll put it, I could have put a little, uh, a little link to this little video. They are so, so funny. And they're from a while ago, but it's some of the same dudes that are, that are in the show, Dallas uh, Goldtooth and other people. It's, he's, he can do anything. And apparently he wants to do anything. I think he said to Tom, I want to do a horror movie next. You know, oh he just is just zooming and um he has opportunity he has opportunity because a he's unbelievably good mm-hmm. all right number two as all right so when i met you you probably know this very well but for our listeners when i met uh tim tava's dad and his dad will samson who was big native in cuckoo's nest it's 1985 at that point there was still there were very few roles for natives that were not like the noble savage or ooh, wind chime. It's like we, they used to say, like, can't we play a dentist or a cop? Like, why is it? Why have you pigeonholed us? And Will and also Tim just rolled that rock up that hill for so long, trying to say, let natives just be actors. There's this terrible, terrible story about, um, and I don't know if it's apocryphal or not. But in the movie Little Big Man with Dustin Hoffman, Chief Dan George was very good. And they were going to put him, the Academy was going to put him up for an Academy Award. And someone objected and said, well, why are we going to give an award to an Indian for playing an Indian? It's just like, it's it's astoundingly stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, it's just this absolutely gigantic, untapped well of storytelling and actors and humanity and things that really the average American truly does not know, Robin. And I think you, you know that they don't. It's like, wait, there are Indians. It's like, yeah, a lot actually. And you know, you probably know them too, but you just don't ID them, right? Because they're not wearing a headdress or some nonsensical thing. So I think I really give it to Sterling for kind of just bringing it. And, And I think that was one of the reasons I was weeping so hard. Because the dreams of Tava's father and her grandfather and your people in general have, they're here now. And I don't know, I don't know if you know this story. You probably do. So um, when Tim died, Tavi went back to a memorial in Oklahoma and this woman came up to her and put her arms around her and said, 
I, I loved your dad. I knew him at, uh, we went to Indian school together. We went to great high school mm-hmm. and we were the homecoming king and queen. And that was Sterling's mother. Yes. It's, I was it's, there when she came to the You memorial. were? Oh, tell me about the memorial. I wasn't there. Um, it was down at Grave Creek. Um, okay. We had a little service for him and um, it was very touching and um, very sweet. And so she came, she showed up. I didn't know who she was either. Cause I didn't yeah. know, you know, but my aunts, of course, they all knew her, who she was and everything. And so they just introduced me and told me later, you know, that was Sterling's mother. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that. So it was neat. It's just that the, that the kids, the kids now get to do this. What, I know. what the, the, the previous generation tried. And then the one before them, they're actually actuating it. And in ways you wouldn't expect like a horror movie, like, why not? <laughs> just like, let's just do it. Right. Um, all right. So you're, when is your, when is your election? Robin, when uh, is it? The, of course, absentee ballots have gone out and you have until the, the election day is September 16th. There's early input person voting, um, September 13th and 14th in the four big, um, communities, which is Tulsa, Mogi, Ufala, and I think Muskogee. So, but election day is the 16th. So it's right around the corner. Uh, I think, were you the one that told Tavi she needed to get on it and get her voter reservation registration? Cause she did. Guilty. She did. <laughs> she, <laughs> I um, a lot of people. Um, how many people are you running against? Um, I, there's two in my district. Okay. But 14, um, in the right, ra- there's five different races and there's 14 total candidates, but there's three in the district. Is there a, is there a fire in the belly or have there been some people that have been representing you guys where it's like, we got to throw the bum out. We got to, we got to, we got to get, we got to get better leadership in there. Or is it a, just a little more calm election or do you not want to say? <laughs> well, there's been some issues raised, um, with the incumbent in my, um, race for sure he's he's the current speaker of the national council and um yeah there's been some issues come up and mostly it's on facebook but you know word of mouth spreads also so and what is this person's name so i could put some links uh will low <laughs> william low okay i remember and I, I don't know if i'm speaking out of turn but i remember uh right around when tava was born maybe even before Tim didn't like Chief Claude Cox. I remember that name, Claude Cox. He didn't like Claude Cox. I'm like, okay, okay, what the guy do? Yeah, I don't like him. So I think, uh, I think he, I think he got voted out. I'm not really sure. So, yeah, he um, did. He did eventually. Um, what do you think your chances are, Robin? I feel pretty good. Um, I feel like I'm being well received. Um, we have candidate forums in all of the different communities, and we have five left until election day. Um, I feel like I've been received pretty well. It's hard to say though, you know, some people are very private about their feelings. Um, and that's fine. Um, I know both the, my opponents are going to have their supporters. I, I get that. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like, um, I feel like I have a good chance. What made you decide to do this? Well, I feel like it's more of a calling. I, um, we have three days in July to um, file for candidacy. And so it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So Tuesday, when the list came out, it was just two um, people in Altmogi district. And I was like, 
come on people. Usually you have a handful of people that are running for each district. And it's sad to say we have five districts that ran unopposed and that's kind of unheard of. But, um, you know, I don't know if it's voter apathy or people just don't care or they feel like it's not going to do any good. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty sad, but so anyway, I woke up Wednesday morning and I'm just like, you know what, why don't I throw my hat in the ring? I mean, I've, like I said, I've been around Creek Nation my whole life. Um, I've worked there. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, know a lot about how our programs work. Of course, I haven't been around there for about five years, but it, it, you know, I'm going to dig in and, and research and find out answers as to how our programs have changed, if if so, what the application processes are, what the um, constraints are to some people getting help, things like that. But I have a general sense and, and knowledge of how things work. Um, and working for the National Council, I'm familiar with the legislation or the legislative process of how things come in, get supported, go through committee, you know, go to the full council, get approved, whatnot, you know, so um, I just want to lend my experience, my knowledge and my passion to try and make better changes and positive changes and work for the people. You know, I'm not, I didn't join this race uh, for personal prestige or fame or uh, to make a name for myself. I truly want to be a voice for the people. What was the family's reaction? What was like your husband, your kids, the family? What did they, what did they say when you said you were going to run? My husband was kind of um, trying to discourage me at first. <laughs> because I don't think he's ready. You know, he's kind of like a non-confrontational guy. He's doesn't like attention, all of that. And, um, but I prayed about it all day. And so I went in and filed, like the deadline was 4 PM. And I went in there probably about 20 minutes till four and put my name in. And of course, you know, my aunties, I mean, my family, the women are just, of course the men too, but my family is just really backing me and supporting me and helping me campaign. Oh, they're not going to be shy about it. They're not <laughs> going to be shy. They're not going to be shy about it. No, I know sure. that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't, I haven't actually seen your mom or any of those power girls in quite a while. I, I do see Rusty. I saw Rusty a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. That was great. And I'll, I'll go back out and see him and maybe see Buff too. And maybe mm-hmm. get out there next time. Uh, I think Tavi will be going back out there not obviously for another season of reservation dogs, but I think there are some other projects and I think, I think she's in now. I think she's just not going anywhere as long as Sterling's working. She's going to be working. So that's, that's really nice. Awesome. And also, um, I know I listened to her interview the other day and, um, she had mentioned Erica Tremblay and my Mm -hmm. son knows her. He's, he lives in Ithaca right now. Um, New York, he's been up there for about, I think going on three years. So he knows Erica then, of course, you know, my brother, James, White Cloud, he's mm-hmm. had a few acting roles. Um, he's doing well. I, he's, I have to say, he's pushing. Every time I see something on Instagram, I'm like, oh, go, Jamie. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's, he's trying to follow in Uncle Sonny's footsteps. So Why not? He, he, I saw him in something the other day. That's very cool. Yep. Um, so. Well, Robin, thank you so much for joining me. We will get this up. We'll get some links. Um, and I wish you all the best. Um, I, I hope you win. Then I can come see you and I'll say, hey, representative, uh, next time we're out there. (laughs) Thank Uh, you so much, um, Nancy. I really appreciate your time and appreciate you taking the time to do this. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay.